For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Before you and I were ever born, God was dreaming of you. He was dreaming of me. He already had you in mind. And he loved you already. God already knew us ahead of time. He already knew the days that we would be walking. He, he, he knew the moment we would take our first step, our first breath, our first stumble. Before we were ever created, God knew us and loved us. And he wanted to be in a relationship with us. The God of the universe who could speak things into being thought, I would like to hang out with these people. He wanted to be our intimate father, one that we would call Abba. He wanted to be in a relationship with you and me. He wanted to be in that relationship. That was his dream all along is to be in a relationship with his creation, his children. So even when Sin entered into the picture and threatened that dream. God pulled out all the stops and went on a rescue mission and came into his own creation through Jesus Christ and paid for every sin, past, present, and future, and reconciled humanity into that dream offering that dream to everyone on the planet, no matter religious background, gender, race, tribe, all are equal at the foot of the cross. See, sin came in the picture and we thought all hope was lost, but God had a plan. And that rescue mission ended on that cross, but it didn't just end there. Jesus rose from the dead and said, I give you new creation and new hope. You can now be part of God's family. You can now be part of God's dream. That's what he dreamed up for us. We are so loved. We are so cherished by God. That is good news. You know what that is? It's called the gospel. That's the gospel good news. And we get to share that with the world. We get to tell people, it's not over. Your story's not done. This isn't all there is. You don't have to keep living that way. There is hope. There is freedom out of your addiction. There is freedom out of your struggles. God will be with you. That's his dream. He wants to be in a relationship with you. 
When we launched this church in 2007, we said that about every weekend. You see our, our little line that we have underneath our logo, if you've noticed that, it's just discovering God's dream together. That's what that means. That we get to share that dream with the world, that God wants to be in a relationship with you. Yes, he knows your issues, and he loves you anyway. Remember, he loved you before you ever took your first breath. That's the powerful gospel good news, and we get to share that with the world. Well, that's how we started this church in 2007. Well, we're here now. A few years later, I believe God is still doing big things, and he wants to do big things through our church family. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love and your, your faithfulness that you saw us before we ever took our first breath and you wanted to be in a relationship with us. And even when sin started to, 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 to get into that dream, you, you had a plan. You took care of it through Jesus Christ. And, and through him, we have hope and freedom and reconciliation and we can walk in that dream every single day, both now and in eternity. Lord, help us to expand your network of love everywhere that we bring your rescue mission to everyone we meet sharing your dream with humanity. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. It is, it is amazing when you kind of look back, and I was thinking about the first few Sundays we had as a church, and uh, we were meeting at Whitworth Elementary School in their cafeteria, and um, that was a challenge, because <laughs> that cafeteria was, you know, it was where they served food, and, and I was just thinking about how we would gather and we would set up these metal chairs that most of them were broken or, you know, kind of broken down. But I realized, you know, a, a community of Christ followers isn't a building and it's not the gear and the chairs. It's people who are connected to God's dream that want to share that with the world. And I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm honored that I've gotten to be part of this church family this long. That's pretty amazing. Um, I've worn glasses pretty much ever since I was a kid. My mom has photos of me, I think when I was two or three years old, they're black and white. Um, young people, black and white is this uh, thing before we had color. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, and I, 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 there was little Ben with little teeny wire rim glasses that I couldn't stand, by the way. They had like little curly cues around your ears to kind of hold them, which like cut into your ears. Anybody ever have that experience with your glasses? Okay, a few of you. All right, represent. We'll have a little small group later recovery group from that. And I remember how excited I was when, um, when contacts came out because then, you know, I didn't have to wear these. And I have pretty bad eyesight. I've had bad eyesight all my life. And when you see my glasses, you'll recognize the, the depth of those, that the thickness on those glasses betray how bad my eyesight is. So when, when contacts came out, I felt like I had freedom. Freedom, then I could, you know, like run and be in sports without having to have, you know, some kind of a, you know, band holding my glasses. I mean, it really opened up my world. And at that point, I realized, man, that, this whole vision thing is pretty important. Being able to see well. I remember, I remember how, what it was like this first, you know, year that I had these contacts in. Now it was easier for me to read. It just, my eyes didn't get tired as much. And I feel like I could actually, for the first time, actually see. I could see ahead. I could see close. It was a beautiful thing, and I realized then that, uh, boy, vision, <laughs> vision matters. And you think about it, if you take vision beyond just that, but take it as a metaphor, that 
vision matters because we want to see what's ahead. I mean, vision in a way is, especially for our lives and for a church, is taking small steps today that will get us to that preferred future. And so that's what we want to start talking about today. That's what I'm talking about is just Vision Sunday today. I want to celebrate and I want to look ahead. And uh, we have a lot to celebrate. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Back in 2007, when we launched, we wanted to be a church where people who are far from God would feel comfortable being in our church gatherings. That people who are, who are far from God maybe didn't even have, they didn't even start their spiritual journey yet. They're just kind of wandering in. We wanted to build a church family where when they came into the gathering, they could understand. And they could connect and feel warm and welcome. And they'd hear about Jesus in a way that they understood. We wanted to create a church like that and we did it. Thank God we did that. That's one of the things that I hear more often about our church family is that I felt welcome, I felt people liked, that it was okay for me to be here, and even with all my scars, I was still welcome here. That's huge, and I got to hear about Jesus. We also wanted to create a church uh, that would impact the city for Jesus. We really did. We wanted to be a church that impacted the city for Jesus. And one of the things that we were hoping for is bringing in a new church can sometimes spur new growth for other churches. And I remember the first three or four years that we started as a church family, I remember people would come and they were like, well, I haven't been to church in a long time and you guys are pretty cool, but maybe the music isn't quite my thing. I'm going to go check out another church. God answered that prayer in a way that we never expected. That God actually brought people reconnected to the church that had walked away, didn't want to necessarily be part of our church, but went and joined other churches. That was awesome. I take that as a victory. That people who had kind of written church off kind of took a new look. And that's great. We wanted to be a church like that. We wanted to be a church that if we didn't exist, the city would miss. And I'm going to talk more about that here in a little bit. I believe God answered that prayer. And we wanted to be a church that planted churches. We wanted to plant beyond just this town. We wanted to plant somewhere else. We did that in Corvallis. We want to do more of that. I'll talk about that in a bit. And we wanted to help start to change the spiritual landscape of Oregon. Oregon, Washington, the Northwest, one of the most unchurched areas in our country. And we wanted to be a part of changing some of that. And I believe God's still answering that prayer. Now I want to celebrate. You know, let's take a pause for a second. I want to celebrate 2018. Some of you have been with us maybe through 2018. Maybe you kind of started checking us out sometime in 2018. I'm glad you're here. Um, by the way, if this is your first Sunday with us, my name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, I should have introduced myself. Uh, that was Ryan and the team. That was great. Uh, I'm Ben. But uh, I, I, I want to celebrate a few things. First of all, in 2018, check this out. Well, you knew this. We hired Andrew as our next generation pastor. He's the guy that's driving us younger. And Andrew has been crushing it. He and Joe, his wife, have been crushing it for us. Can I get a testament to that? Anybody? Um, pretty excited. We, uh, we hired him, so excited. In October, we moved to two services. And uh, did you know that just by doing that one thing, we've already grown 20 to 30%. Did you know that? Now, I don't know all the reasoning behind that. God is doing something. I believe we're faithful. God's going to show up. And that's, that's a good thing. We want to we expand our reach in Dallas. We'd love to see lost people. And now you're thinking, well, aren't you competing with other churches? Uh-uh. If every church in this town, listen to me, if every church in this town had their auditorium full every time they had a gathering, we still wouldn't reach 10% of the city. We have a huge, huge opportunity here. And you know they're building new housing all the time. You know one of the, one of the things that people that, that are new to town tend to do? 
well, we're new to town. We ought to check out a, we have a huge opportunity. Oh, anyway, last year, I think we baptized like eight people into Christ. We had 70 first-time guests that we know of. There's probably 30 or 40% that, that come in our, on our church gatherings that never fill out a card. These are just the people that filled out a card. We had 70, most of that just in the last quarter and a half of, our, of, a, of 2018. 70 first-time guests in 2018. 83 kids experienced our children's ministry. We averaged about 17 kiddos per week back there. That is pretty cool. One of the reasons we want to spend time and resources on the younger because we really believe we got to build into the next generation. Because we all have a shelf life, you know what I'm saying? we gotta go, We got to push younger the best we can with the resources we have. Student ministries, you didn't know we have a student ministry that meets on Sunday nights. If you did not know that, tell your, your kids, your grandkids, hey, there's a student ministry going on here at Dallas Church on Sunday nights. And Andrew and Joe have been doing that also with uh, John and Carla, been helping out with that. Uh, we, we've reached almost 30 different youth kids through that, that ministry, and we have about an average about seven kids uh, a night coming for that. That's pretty, that's pretty great, connecting young people, student ministry. We taught guitar to some folks in Dallas. You may not have known that. Uh, we, we did like an eight-week thing where we just opened our doors. We brought in some loner guitars, and uh, we just taught people how to play guitar. I tell you what, it was a game changer in my life. So I was excited to extend that to some other students. And there were adults and kids. Uh, there were some, some, some young kids just trying to get their hands around that thing. But we were able to teach, I think it was about 12, 15 people every single night for eight weeks. We just opened our doors to that. That's pretty cool. Hang on to that. We provided last week, we actually put new gloves and a hat on 270 people last week. That's good. That's good. We can pray. Um, and uh, you know we were aiming for 300, right? Guess what they said? Hey, next year if you guys could get a little bit more. <laughs> so there we go. Now we, maybe we decide to do sleeping bags next year. I don't know. That is pretty great. We, uh, we did that. And we did some facility upgrades, by the way. I don't know if you remember this. Some of you that are new to our church family, you don't remember there used to be like these crazy cracks in the ceiling. Does anybody remember those? That was fun. And, and, you know, when you see a first-time guest person come into our church family and they're trying to check in it out, their eyes just went straight up to those cracks. They're gone. You know, Ray and his team, Ray Tate, and I think Byron and Ian, you guys kind of rallied. You got some folks in here, and we, we, we nailed, I don't know how many screws were, were put up here, but I'm guessing quite a few. We did that. We did some lighting in the back. We upgraded a heater. We had an oil, a fuel oil boiler in here. And Ian and some other of us can testify how crazy heavy that thing was. That was last year. We replaced that. You guys raised money, and we did it. It was about nine or ten grand. I can't remember what it was. We got a great deal. Uh, you know, Ron Smith, his son, helped us do that. And here's why that's important. Last week, not only did we hand out some gloves and hats to, to some folks that needed help, we opened our doors for three nights last week. And uh, I believe we were the first church in Dallas to do this. We said, we'll take the risk and we'll open. And we were a warming center for three days last week and we had people here every night. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> that, that just makes me excited. We're, we're trying to leverage our resources to, to love on people. Jesus is love on the least of those. And I'm not saying those folks, you know, some of those folks, some of those people that stayed here have full-time jobs and they couldn't find affordable housing. That's the reality we're in, folks. 
So you never know who God's going to call you to love on. But we don't, you know, we don't have to, you know, get all crazy. We just love on people, you know. That's what we do. I love that. We, check, check this out. We, uh, last year, we uh, hit, almost hit the 200 mark at Easter. But check it out for, for, for Christmas this year. We blew past the 200 mark. We were at 220 for our Christmas. And that was the day before Christmas Eve. That was pretty cool. We were able to, to, to connect with people, a lot of, lot of first-time guests in that. That was pretty awesome. And we have over half of our church family, if the stats are correct here, I think they are, over half of our church family is engaged in some kind of ministry team somewhere. That's great. That's engagement. I love that. Now, I celebrate those folks that are helping out. Sometimes it's behind-the-scenes stuff, the people you don't know what's, what they're doing, but they're, things just happen, you know, lights are on, coffee's made, all that just doesn't happen magically. They're not little elves in here that kind of do all that. It's people helping out. And uh, so there's two sides to that, right? I celebrate the people who have engaged, and I'll be a little passive-aggressive for those who haven't engaged in serving yet. This is your time. What is your gifting? Let's use that. We can use your help to, to make this move forward. So God made all this happen in 2018. Can we just give a round of applause for that? That's awesome. And so, right, what's next? Well, we know there's a given. We want to reach our community for Jesus. That's what we want to do. Help as many people as we can connect to God's dream, getting, getting in relationship with Jesus, walking with him. That's what we want to do. So for 2019, what are we going to do? Well, we do it together. One of my favorite life verses, if you remember this, we just studied the book of Ephesians, if some of you remember that. Ephesians 3, 20, and 21. You need to highlight this in your Bible. This is a big one. I go to it all the time. If you ever pray with me, this is probably one of those phrases that I use a lot because I love this passage, but listen to it. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or imagine according to the power work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. God wants to do big stuff through us. Yeah, we celebrated a great year, but we're in a new year now. And we're heading for a bright future. What does God want to do now together as a church family? And, and, and he can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power. Immeasurably more. That means you and I can't measure it. That's what that means. He wants to do immeasurably more. I hope you're on board with that. Jesus gave us the mission. We don't create the mission. Jesus gave it to us. We're not sitting in some kind of boardroom and deciding, well, what should we do? What's the mission? of Jesus already gave us the rescue mission. And it's in Matthew 18, or Matthew 20, um, verse, uh, 28, verses 18 through 20. It says, and, and Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you as you do this. As a church family, we are the called out ones. That's what that means. We're called out to live a little differently. We're called out to love and serve and, and put someone else's needs above our own. That's going to make us look a little different in the world because that's not generally how culture tends to work. We're kind of counterculture as the Jesus movement people. We are a community of Christ followers called out to walk his way. And we have a mission to reach the people that are in our circles of influence and the world. And so to, to do that, some vision is helpful. So I want to give you a little bit of vision, what I believe God has laid on our hearts. And I, I, I love this verse, and, and sometimes it's taken out of context, I realize. But there's a, a verse that I love the phrasing of in, in Proverbs 2019, or 29.18. You've heard it before. 
where there's no prophetic, prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there's no vision, people kind of get, they get, they flounder. Where there's no vision, people kind of just get frustrated and kind of go off on different tangents. Where there is vision, though, people have clarity. Vision matters. We want to reach our, G, our city for Jesus. We want to reach our community for Jesus. So here's, here's some things. As we're praying and dreaming, <clears throat> next year I would love to see 10 to 20 people baptized into Christ. You know what? We're going to have a baptism class next weekend. I'm pretty excited about Love baptism. I think it's awesome. It's a key essential to your obedience in Christ. If you've never done that, it's time. Jesus commanded it. He modeled it. There's so many beautiful things that happen with baptism. It's a death, burial, resurrection, forgiveness of sins, gift of the Holy Spirit, pledge of a good conscience toward God. There's so much that's beautiful about baptism. If you've never done that, it's time. If you call Jesus Lord, it's time to get in the water. And we go all the way under. Pull you all the way out. I promise we'll pull you out. We get you out of that water. You know, I promise. But I'd love to see 10 to 20 people baptized. You know, we hit almost the 10 mark last, last year. Let's double that. I'd love to see that. I, we could hit that in Easter. We could blow way past that. I'm okay with that. I would love to see a majority of our church family not just engaged in ministry teams like many of you are, but being part of small groups. We have a bunch of small groups going on right now. That's the number one way for you to be discipled, to, to feel like you can grow in, in, in your spiritual life, and to have friendships. And that's one thing that I know that I've said before, but that's one area of our church family that I'd really like to see us get better at, grow in that. You know, and those, those groups can, ha- can happen in a number of different ways, but God does his best work in smaller group situations. All of my growth has happened in small groups. And you know what? Some of you have been following Jesus for a while. Your next step is probably to lead a group. Because you know when you lead something and have to teach something, you really kind of have to get in, dig deep. And that's going to be a growth point for you. We would love to see that this year. Uh, we we want to bring Andrew on full-time. If you didn't know this, Andrew's actually not full-time. I want to bring him up to full-time status. Now, truth be told, he's probably giving us full-time work right now, but I'd like to actually compensate him for that. Uh, I'd love to see that happen. I believe that can happen this year. In, in June, it'll be his one-year mark. It's okay that Joe's out there. She knows about this already. We want to bring him up to full-time status because they are rocking it. They're crushing it. Uh, and we want to reach the next generation. We want to put our resources to that. Um, that's huge. We want to upgrade the children's ministry space. Some of you, maybe you don't have children, so you haven't really drifted up there uh, to see kind of what's going on in the children's area. This is a key ministry for us, and it needs some upgrades. If you've been up there, you're like, yeah, it needs some upgrades. We would love to do that this year. And that might cost upwards of two to $3,000. We're not really, I think Andrew's got a budget. Uh, but we want to be able to do that and, 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 and really upgrade that so that children feel welcome, secure, safe, and moms feel comfortable about dropping their kids off there. That's super, super important. We want to upgrade that area because I think that's going to be huge. We want to increase our reach for Christmas and Easter. Someone said this morning, well, what if we double our numbers? I don't know. I would, just leave, I would like to see this room full every time we have a worship gathering, full. So much so that we're having to start having the conversation of do we do a digital service? Do we do a third service to accommodate? Here's something crazy. What if God grew our church so much we had to actually go back to the high school to meet? Some of you are here, you've been here since we were at the high school. I know that's blowing my mind. But Bowman Auditorium has 315 seats. Who knows? God might, might bless us that way. I, we got to dream big. We got to dream bigger. God has a big future, and he's got huge things for us to do. Why don't we dream bigger with him? 
I would love to see the space in a place where we, have to, we, we outgrow it. Now, what else could happen in five years? You know, we just finished a series called Future Forward. What we were trying to do there is, is, is through the lens of faith, look at all of our areas of our life. You know, we looked at, you know, trusting God for big things, even, when, even if we couldn't see it all mapped out for us. Remember, we talked about that uh, in week one of that last series. Then we talked about, you know, viewing our money and our resources through the lens of faith. How could we look at our money and our resources like a ministry, a ministry tool? You know, and we talked about you know, our health, looking at our health through the lens of faith. And then, then John talked about looking at relationships and how God does his best work through relationships and answers prayer through relationship. Well, now let's look ahead. What could be? Some of you got excited a few weeks ago when I was talking about what could God do in our church family that hasn't been done in Dallas yet. And, and some of you are saying, you know, what, what, if we could, what if our church could kind of head up some awesome after-school programs? What if, what if in five years we look back and kids have been able to connect with us and learn valuable skills? And that could be a number of things. It could be surely arts, maybe we've got tutoring, but some after-school things that could help kids and move families forward. What if our church family could do some of that? That is, that is a huge deal, I realize. But what if we could be part of that? What if, and I've said this before, and this seems so radical to me, it's hard, it's hard for me to even put it out there. What if in five years we look back and our church family has started free preschool and child care for struggling families? Where moms could be comfortable taking a full-time job, supporting their family and knowing that we have their kids covered and loved on. That would be a game changer. I don't even know how that's going to happen. What if God would move us that way? I've heard some people even start dreaming about that. Dream big. What about a school of arts? We've talked about this in our leadership team for a while. You know, we're at a time when a lot of school districts are kind of pulling back on some of those, you know, arts funding as if they're not quite as important. This is just really true in drama and music. What if, what if our church could... could could be part of helping students really learn the arts. And that could be arts of a number, writing and speaking and, and painting and playing instruments. What if we could do a school of art where we could tell kids all those cool things about different art types and then we could point them to the creator who is the ultimate artist. That's, that's pretty cool. I get excited about that. Chills run down my spine when I think about that. What could God do? And even beyond our, our city, what if we could be engaged in some humanitarian projects outside of our soil, outside of, of, of U.S. soil? What if we could do some meaningful things like that in other countries? What about starting churches in rural areas that church planters will never want to go to? See, I've been in church planting for a long time. I did a church plant in Seattle before I came down here. And I can tell you that there's a lot of cities that are on the radars for church planters. But you know where they tend to be? Bigger, cooler I had a really rough time. I was trying to interview people to come to Dallas with me. And I had a couple people that were just coming out of college and like, hmm, Seattle maybe, Dallas. What if we as a church could figure out a way to plant strategically in towns that church planters would never even consider? Maybe rural towns where we get a part-time pastor and help us out and we could share resources and, and be able to have a healthy church in communities where a lot of those churches are dying. What if that could happen through us? That, that is possible. What could we do even dreaming big? So what is your part in all that? I just shared a lot of stuff there that God might do powerful things. I believe he will. But what's your part? For me, it's just engage, help, 
Be part of what God's doing. Be part of something bigger than, than each of us. So engage in what we're doing. Take a next step with us. You know, be the church beyond these walls with us. Move God's rescue mission of love forward. In all the time we have, we don't know how long we got. So if we could move his, we could move the needle a little bit more. If we could push a little bit farther and let, let God's kingdom grow just a little bit more, that'd be awesome. That's a win on so many levels. So here's just a few things, and I want to I challenge you to this. And some of you are already doing this, and that's awesome. Thank you. For us, we need you to serve one another. That's a huge thing. That's, that's kind of the number one thing. Serve one another. There's a bunch of one another's in Scripture. That's engagement. Serve one another. If you have a gift, use it. If it's teaching, administration, generosity, hospitality, I don't know what that is, but serve one another. That's, that's the number one thing. Number two, meeting regularly. Yes, I talked about a digital service, which, which might be something that someone could get online, but I'm thinking for people who can't physically be here, right? Because there's, I don't think there's anything that can, can supplant what we're doing right here. When we're meeting physically, there's just something that happens, I think, that can't be done any other way, can't be done online. We're still gonna push people to be part of our church family but meeting regular with, with one another. And that could be not just Sunday mornings, but those groups, Bible studies, uh, you know, ministry teams. That's the second thing. The third thing is this. And if you've never done this, I challenge you to give to our church family. Give to this vision. Put your resources kind of where, we're, where, where our heart is. Giving to support the mission, the, the, the work that we're trying to do. <clears throat> Fourth thing is sharing. And this is true. This is kind of back to the heartbeat of what I started with. We get to share God's dream with anybody we meet. What is God's dream? Be in relationship with him. We get to share that good news with people. Share that dream. And here's the last thing is praying for people who are, don't know Jesus. Praying for people who, who are disconnected from him. Praying for people in your life who don't know Jesus. Those are, those are huge things, but I believe if we can do those five things, that's engagement in seeing the mission move forward. And so I want to challenge you with that. Serve one another, meet together regularly, giving to support the vision, sharing God's dream with people, and praying for those who don't know Jesus. See, we dream big, and by faith we move forward. Dream big, bigger. I think we can dream bigger. I hope you heard that, because I feel like God wants to do big things, and, and he's going to use you, he's going to use me. Together, we're going to dream big, and, and, and by faith move forward. Jesus himself, in Matthew 17, said this, for truly I say to you, if you have faith, like a grain of a mustard seed. You ever seen a mustard seed? It's pretty, pretty small. There's probably smaller seeds. I know. At least that's a small seed. If you had just that much faith, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. That seems like a crazy statement. But Jesus said over and over, it wasn't just this time, with God all things are possible. So we dream big, and by faith, we move forward. Imagine reaching, just take, take a second, and all the stuff I've talked about, imagine being part of a church family like this where, where we outgrow this building. Imagine being part of a church family that's doing engagement in foreign missions. Imagine a church family that's actually doing different things in a community that, that the community needs so badly, reaching needs, addressing problems that the church can address. Imagine a church that, imagine us reaching just 10% of the city. I don't know of a building that can house us. That, that'd be crazy. 10% of the city, how many people are here? 1,500, 15,000, 1,500. 15,000. 
Well, 10% of that, I'm not a math genius, okay? But that's 1,500 people. And every one of those people is a person made in the image of God, and they are important. And every new family that moves here, they are important. And every person that's not sitting in here right now, they are important. These empty seats, they are important because they allow us to bring in more people. We have room for people. So we get, a, we get to be part of God's mission. Nothing is impossible. He can do what? Immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. So let's dream big. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We're so thankful that you, you spur us on uh, to, to do great things. And Lord, you empower us by your Holy Spirit. I pray for, for every one of us in uh, this room that are following, you, following Christ, that you'd use us in powerful ways to reach the city and beyond. And to see some of these, these things happen in 2019. Father, empower us. Help us use our gifts for you. And Lord, I pray, Father, for the many people who aren't, aren't really connected to you. They haven't decided to, to connect to, to your, your family, Father, that are not part of your kingdom. I pray, pray for those because those are, those are people that need hope and, and freedom and new life and new creation. So Lord, I pray that out. And may each of us in our circles of influence share your dream with the world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.